Welcome back to How You Slice It. The guests today are really uh, near and dear to me. I've actually spent the last couple of weeks visiting their shops, uh, their shop a couple of times. Brooklyn natives Hector and Gloria Rodriguez have always loved pizza. Together, they have 28 plus years of experience sharing the love in their community and at Pizza Scene, which is in Miami Lakes, Florida. Hector, I know you started as a delivery driver for Domino's and worked mm-hmm. your way into upper management at Papa John's. Uh, I know you oversaw about 11 stores before making the leap and opening your own shop. Today, we'll discuss the transition from working in a corporate chain to owning your own small business and what it means to keep local thriving in Miami Lakes. Uh, and also, congratulations, you're our uh, latest honoree in the Keep Local Thriving Award. Uh, so welcome to How You Slice It, Hector and Gloria. I'm really excited for you to tell your story to the audience today. Well, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. To kick things off, again, congrats on on the Keep Local Thriving Award. I know Pizza Scene is a mainstay in the Miami Lakes area. I saw firsthand the love that your customers have for your shop. I think one of them made it into uh, into our video. And mm-hmm. uh, with that said... Share a little bit more. I know, Hector, you sent me a a really thoughtful note that I shared with our team, uh, but perhaps share what that means to you and and your family. Uh, And then I'd love to get into how you got into the pizza industry and and sort of what's kept you in it. Well, um, receiving this award, not only we we loved it because we we love working with Slice and um, the support that we get with you guys since day one, since we joined uh, Slice. And um, it shows my kids that um, the little things that we do in the shop, and we only have one shop, but the little things that we do there, all the hard work does pay off. It gets recognized and, and they see us, they, they, they see what we're doing there. And, and uh, it just shows them that, you know, it's, it's not only a family business, it, it's something that we, we take care of the community. We, we have friends. We've made friends. The people know us. Uh, they know my kids. They see the pictures on the wall and they ask, oh, those are your girls. We got a picture on the wall with my daughter, Gabriella, when she was eight years old, I believe, when we first opened the store, seven, eight years old. Now she's one of the ones that is running the store. It just shows them and, and it, it brings it down to earth and says, you know what we're doing there? We're doing, we're doing something right because we're being recognized. We're yeah. doing good. Yeah. That, that, and that means uh, really a lot to us. And I couldn't agree more with you. Um, you know, the, the size of the business doesn't matter. Uh, and in fact, I do believe small businesses in the, in the local communities make a much greater impact than any large organization can. So that really resonated with me. And it's exactly why we kicked that off. And I couldn't think of a better uh, family. And this is a family run business to really recognize with, uh, with that award. Tell, tell me a little bit more about your story. What got you into the pizza industry? And perhaps, you know, how did that dovetail into uh, launching your own shop? And I can imagine that was probably a very uh, scary moment, but a thrilling one and eventually a successful one. Well, growing up in Brooklyn, I always liked visiting pizza shops in the neighborhood. I grew up in Sunset Park and um, I turned 18, had my first car and um, Domino's was coming into the into the area into Brooklyn. And, um, my friend was working there. And then I went, started working there as a delivery driver. And one day I, I, I see 
all the man, I was working in a store in Prospect Park in, in Park Slope, and I see all these managers come in, all young managers, 18, 19, with brand new cars. And I'm like, what are these guys doing? What do they do? And they start saying, oh, these are the managers for this store, this store, this store. I'm like, wow, you, you know, they, these are 18. They had the Mustang GT and the <laughs> Escort GT and all these cars, Camaros. I said, this is the thing to do. So then I, I asked my friend, Go, oh, you got to get into the management program. I said, sign me up. Where, where do I go? <laughs> I, I got into the program. Six months later, they put me in a store. Oh, I bounced around a little bit from store to store. I worked in Atlantic Avenue. I worked in uh, Bay Ridge. But um, I loved it from day one. We were working 70 hours, but I was 18 also. So I was, you know, 70 hours a week, <laughs> hanging out at night with the fellas and talking shop and going in the next day and doing it all over again. Love the money. Excellent. It was excellent pay. Did you get the car though? Did you get yeah. the car? Yeah, I got a I got a Toyota I got a Toyota Supra. Nice. And that's the car, that car we moved person, here. So. We moved here to Florida with. But um I, I saw and I learned from them. I learned numbers. I learned how to do the numbers. Everything was done by hand, no computers. You had to take deli tickets. You had to do hmm. take orders by hand and put it on put it on the box and put the box up, the driver will come, grab the ticket, leave. And um, I learned, I learned how to do the numbers and, and how to run the store, how to send people home when your labor wasn't in line, when your food costs are not in line, you gotta, those numbers got to be there. But then 1990, I met Gloria. How did um, you meet? I'll let her tell the story. <laughs> come on, Gloria. I'll, I'll try to keep it uh, short in a sense. <laughs> I actually was dating his brother's best friend. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I, you know, I, after I didn't, after a little bit, I just didn't date him no more, but I hung out with his family, like his brother, his brother's wife. Um, and it was just like, it really was kind of the family that I was, my heart was yearning for. So mm -hmm. I just hung out with them, but I hardly ever saw him around because he was always out or whatever. But um, his sister winded <laughs> up kind of, uh, what did, what is it called? Blind date. Blind date. Yeah. His thing. sister said, yeah. Oh, come out with me and stuff like that. And then he's there and then she leaves and you know, we only dated each other two months and we got married. Wow. That, that is incredible. Mm -hmm. And that's a powerful and story. And this year 33 years. Yeah. And I, I'll be honest. Uh, when, when we left the shop, Brian and I, Brian, who leads our supplies business, uh, both times, uh, one of the things that we just kind of spoke about was just what kind of really strong family values. And, you know, Gloria, you, you said, you know, you wanted to sort of be part of that family, or at least uh, it spoke to your heart. When we leave your shop, uh, I have the same feeling, like uh, the family oh. vibes in your shop make me want to be part of it. Uh, and, I, and I mean that with, yeah. uh, with everything. Yeah. That's awesome. So you meet and get married within two months. And what, what comes yep. next? August, uh, October 24th, 1990, we got married. October 28th, four days later, we were here in Miami because he had his friend here and he was like, come on down. And with 50 bucks in our pocket and uh, <laughs> that Toyota Supra, we left, left. left Brooklyn. And um, I had made contacts to come here and work for a hotel chain. And um, I worked to work, yeah, hotel chain for a little bit. Uh, I had my second, my second, my daughter was born. My second daughter was born. And then I saw there was an ad. No, then I worked a, a small time. I worked in a small shop. And I'll tell you about that shop that I worked in, in Miami Lakes. From there, I went to work to uh, uh, Papa John's. In 1993, mm. I got hired with them. 
and I stood with them till 2006. So I left and I started with them as a manager and then I became the training manager and then I became a district manager and um, the owner that I worked for, uh, which is, he's still my mentor. I meet with him. He came to my shop the other day and um, he decided to sell. He sold all his 11 stores and I left with the, I stood with the company that he sold it to. And I stood there about six months. It just wasn't working for me. It was more of a corporation, meaning um, I had trouble dealing with asking permission for this, for that. I, I always went to one owner and, and he said yes or no. And I did it. And that's all. So I couldn't deal with that too much. So then I said, you know, I'm out of here. And that's when we saw the store in uh, Miami Lakes for sale. And we pursued that. The funny but thing the is. Funny thing is <laughs> the store that you saw that I was there, where you visited, right next door to me, it was Kazo. It was a. Uh, it's right now. It's a. Uh, Coldstone. Coldstone ice. Cream. Ice cream. That used to be Cazoli's Pizza. I worked there for about a year, right next mm. door, and then they flip flopped. That's my spot that I'm in was Hagendas Pizza, Hagendas Ice Cream Place. Ice cream shop. So, yep. Yeah. Hagendas closed. They made it into a pizza shop. That Cazoli's closed down. Coldstone came in and I, I work right next door where I was working back in 1990. I worked there in 91, maybe to 92. Wow. And, and now so, I'm, so basically the shop. shop you bought. Yeah. The shop you bought is more or less next door to the shop you worked in. Yeah. Uh, 13 yeah. years before you bought it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it, it, it was 93. Yeah. Walk me through the sort of mentally what you were both going through when you make such a big decision, because that is a huge decision, right? It's a life-changing decision. It's a commitment. It's an investment. It's one so many operators or aspiring operators go through. Walk me through that process and kind of what you felt. Uh, was it scary? Like, how did you make the decision? Well, it was it was very scary. Um, I knew the numbers. I knew how to run a shop. I knew how to deliver a pizza. I knew how to how to hire people, how to work with people. I knew all that, but it was just the unknown of uh, the first day you get there, you're taking over a business. It was a pizza shop when I, when I bought it over. It was a, um, when I bought it, it was a uh, franchise from Canada called Pizza Nova. So then I switched it over to Pizza mm. Scene. I, 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 we did away with that franchise. Funny, I was gonna stay with that franchise, but the franchisor that I met with in the store wanted to charge me so much money, this and that. And my boss at that time, Don Lawrence, my mentor, he came with me to that meeting and he says, you don't need them. Just go on your own. And I went on my own and it was scary because it was it was um, a hard work. It was also too uh, the scary part was coming from uh, um, it was security. Right. So you with a corporation, with a big corporation, you have financial security, you have in health insurance, you have car paid for all these benefits that you're used to getting. And from, you know, to take that gets just, you know, the rug <laughs> gets yeah. uh, taken yeah. away from you. Yeah. And and you're like, oh, my gosh, am I going to be able to sustain my family, you know, um, and live how we're used to living? Like it was truly a leap of faith, you know, and it's funny because we're coming up on Easter and it was Easter in 2006 is when we came upon that, mm. that shop. It was, we had gone to the beach and the kids got sunburned. He said, I'm going to take them for ice cream. And he sat in front of the fountain in the shop, right where our shop is, that mm -hmm. fountain. He sat there and he looks up 
And it just is a little sign that says for sale. And it was truly by the grace of God that we were able to get that shop um, and do all that stuff. Right. Because it was very scary. Mm -hmm. The unknown. The unknown. Exactly. The unknown creeps in and, and that's when all the fear comes in. Am I doing this right? Am I doing this? Should I do this? Uh, I open. I the first day I opened the shop, I didn't have a dough machine. They were buying frozen dough. The 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 franchisee that was the the other franchise that was there, they were buying frozen mm -hmm. dough. So I said, let me go with that frozen dough with them. So I ordered a couple of um, cases of frozen dough, and then. Um, at that time, the the supplier says you can't buy this. It, it, it's this is only for this pizza this pizza shop. So they kind of yanked the, the dough out of me again, and I'm like, what do I do? Luckily, I, I I had friends in the industry that already had their own shops, so I, I reached out to a local guy that he still has a pizza shop in Miami Lakes. He, he I think he uses you guys, and um, he says I have a dough machine. Do you want it? it? It's in. I bought it for my shop, but it's a three-phase dough machine. I can't use it. I said, bring it to me. He got a truck, delivered the dough machine, put it in my back room, and we started making dough the same day. Love it. And I still have the same dough machine. He came to my store last week, and he tells me, Hector, is this the same dough machine I sold you here? I said, yeah, it's the same dough machine. <laughs> so we, we were there, no dough machine and no nothing, and we, we made it work. Uh, that was Tony. And yeah. The shop is Dominico's. It's right up the block from us. And they're dear friends for many years. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I love, too, just about the area, because we have a couple of friends that have pizza shops that it's not like um, it's not like a competition type of thing. It's very unusual. I feel very unusual that they we've been able to, you know, just help each other throughout the years and not fight for territory or anything like that. I think that's just a blessing. We, we had a hurricane that came by about five years ago. And this area where they have a pizza shop, another pizza shop friend of mine's in Miami Lakes, Hialeah area. He stood without power probably for about a week and a half, two weeks. He comes to me and says, hey, Hector, you have power. And I'm in Hialeah and the same. We're about three miles away from each other. And I said, I got power. So he goes, could I put all my stuff in your walk-in cooler. I said, absolutely. He came and put everything in, his, in my walk-in cooler. And he says, use whatever you can use before it goes bad. Just use it. But luckily, uh, you know, he put everything there and everything was good. Everything was good. We help each other out. Yeah. I need I need boxes. I go to them. They need boxes. They come to me. Flour, even if we don't use the same flour, we, you know, it, we, we share it. Whatever we can, we share. We help each other out. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's the question I was going to ask is, do you see this more broadly? Because firsthand through my own family and friends that own pizza shops, what I see is a sense of community and mutual respect, even though there is always that sort of friendly competition. You know, like mm -hmm. if I'm playing my twin brother in basketball, I want to beat him. I don't you know, I hate losing to him, mm -hmm. but uh, there's still, you know, a sense of family or community or 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 togetherness that I think is so unique what I believe is uh, across a lot of the pizza industry. And I'm really, really glad that you touched on that. The second question is, uh, or thing that I wanted to cover is, you know, you spoke about the leap of faith that you had to make and just kind of going for it to to buy and launch your own shop. What's one piece of advice that each of you would give to someone who's listening, who is going through that internal debate themselves right now? 
well, um, failure is our best teacher, right? Um, and failing forward is what I think, you know, our perspective needs to shift. So failing is not the end of things and you're not, you know, you're not your failures. So I would say, you know, just to find, you know, community is important, right? And for us, we're a faith-based family. So we, we believe in the supernatural. So um, finding a community that can surround you if you're, you're in doubt or like we've had, like we, like we said, you know, local other people, other, you know, pizza shops, whether that be your family, your church family, whatever to, you know, to surround you and hold you up. I think that's super important because uh, without that, I don't know how we would have, we wouldn't have gotten through anything. It was very, very difficult in the beginning. So um, I don't know if that helps or that makes sense, but failing forward is, and, and not seeing your failure, you know, as um, it, failure is not an absolute. Makes a lot yeah. of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Hector? I would say, again, I'm a numbers guy. Have your numbers ready when you open up your shop, have a menu, um, have your prices ready. Don't be afraid of charge for what your, your, your product. Don't lowball yourself. Um, because a lot of people think, um, I took over a pizza shop that was a Spanish little Caesars and everybody expected a $5 pizza. And at the beginning I struggled with that. And, and it was the same name as pizza scene. And we had two stores three miles away from each other. And I struggled with that, man, these people come in, they want their $5 pizzas, but I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do the $5 pizzas. And, and I, and I, I struggled. And I said, what do we do? Do we name this one a different name and charge cheaper than what we're doing? And um, we said, no, we're going to, we're going to, I said, we're going to name it pizza scene and we're going to charge what we charge. And, and it was good. It was good to the pandemic. But um, getting back to that, just have a plan, hmm. have a plan. What is that quote that you always say um, from Vince Lombardi? No, I, this, uh, I say always uh, preparing not to uh, plan to plan, but not, not preparing is preparing to fail, yeah. but uh, that's right. Have a plan. I write everything down. I got my books. I could tell you, you asked me, and these are handwritten books. You asked me, what did you do July, the first week of July of 2006? I could tell you what was my net sales, what was my food cost. With no computer, oh my I do God. everything by hand. I still do a book yeah. a week. She prints me a monthly book where I do all my food or I could tell you what I pay for flour that month, everything. Sixteen. Uh, you know ago. what I think? I think what we need to do is figure out how to get you in front of aspiring operators so you can teach them how to run a shop. You see, but we can talk yeah, about that. I told him so, so long that he needs to. I've been telling him this forever, that he needs to put like a side hustle of consulting. Yeah. Because I'm going to tell yeah. you, and this is such a squirrel. So guys, bear with us for a second. I remember, I'll never forget. He met this woman in Restaurant Depot. She, I don't know how they met oh, the lady mm -hmm. in Doral with the pizza shop. She had a pizza shop. She wanted to sell it. She didn't, he went to look at it. She was a hairdresser. She had a hairdresser next. She had her business was a hairdressing salon. She bought the pizza shop next to her. She thought it was going to be, she could put somebody in there and it could run itself. So I don't know how I met her. I think I was looking for another shop and I, and I went, I met with her and I sat with her and I told her what to do, do this, do that. And then I saw her in Restaurant Depot and she was like, Hector, I did what you did. Or I did what you told me to do. And it's working. It's working. It's like he he helps so many people and he does it freely and lovingly and he loves to serve and, and he'll do it with anybody. But I said, you know, you 
I believe I'm a, well, I'm a, of his biggest fan. So I believe he can go into any shop and help them, help them do better. Hands down. If your shop is, is not doing well, call this man. He will ask you some questions and he's going to tell you what to do. You know what I'm saying? I, I just, I, I'm Hector, big... I think, I think you may be the professor of slice university. I'm a numbers guy. And, and, and this goes back to my days with, with franchises. You know, you can't run a store, a franchise, and not come up with your numbers. You know, at the end of the month, mm. at, the, at the beginning of the week, you got to sit with the owner on Monday morning, and the numbers better be there. You know, the numbers are there. And um, food cost is very important. I, that's what I try to teach my kids. Food cost, food cost, and labor, you know. All the yeah. other things are going to come in the same. But you, if you take care of food costs and labor, all the other costs are going line. And the price of the product has to reflect that, right? It is that it is, it's a mathematical formula. Yeah, exactly. And I have that all on paper. <laughs> the master plan. He uh, spoke- technology. He's, he's technologically challenged. <laughs> I'm telling you. And, and like, he's got the whole profile of the professor. It's like, it works. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that after. You mentioned your kids. I see them in the store. They're running the show. Uh, I know it's giving you both some time to kind of go and continue to learn about the industry or explore new trends. What does it mean to you that now your kids are there and uh, not only learning how to operate, but they probably, I would hope so, are doing an even better job than you would? Because that's the goal, right? Yes. The goal is for them to take over. They all work uh, their full-time schedule and they have their time off. But there's three of them. I kind of delegate certain things. They each do. They have their own role in the store. Yeah. Um, this way it keeps them away from each other a little bit. And um, during the week, they really don't work. They work together probably Friday, maybe, and, and Saturday. Mm-hmm. But there's always somebody there. Uh, one, of one of us. us. One, of us. one of the Rodriguez mm-hmm. is always there. And sometimes they're not. Sometimes like on a Sunday night, I'll call my daughter and I'll tell her, listen, it, my, my youngest works Sunday night. And I said, listen, if you could skip out early, we would like to do family dinner. And we, we go to a restaurant and we eat. Sometimes we go to pizza places to eat. Yes. But, <laughs> but uh, we try to do that. We're, gonna, we're planning that this weekend. We're gonna, we couldn't do it last weekend. But this weekend, we are going to do a family sit down and have a dinner. But, but it means it means um, you know it's it's a dream come true, right? And it's also a difficult one when you have children, right? Because your our goal and you know our desire, our heart's desire would be for them to want it, right? For example, and I've always told them, you know, I want you to love what you do, so you don't have to work a day in your life. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's been a bumpy road. But I feel very blessed by having each of them there. It's challenging, very challenging to work with family. But I tell you, I'm we are blessed. I think we are blessed. Um, They're there now. And we hope and are looking forward to leaving a legacy. You know what I'm saying? Like, let them do it. And I have two grand. We have two grandsons. They're both eight. They're eight and seven. And God willing, they'll be able to in a couple of years you know, maybe start working part-time and, and learn, <laughs> third, you know? Third-generation pizza makers. Yeah, that would be so cool. But that's right. I want them to want it. <laughs> well, of course, absolutely. My middle daughter, Samantha, she left. And then she comes to us and tells <laughs> She said there was another <laughs> near another movie theater um, in the next county over. Don't say the name. Yeah, I'm not going to say the name. So she says... 
I'm going to go work to this place and I'm going to be a waitress there. I said, really? I, I got so upset because I said, you know, you're going to go work to another pizza place? And till this day, we still give her uh, a hard time about that. We till this day. We- I don't blame you. That's a that's a great story, and I think um, look that that at least through my visit shows in their work at the at the shop. You've also been early adopters of technology, and certainly technology is ever present when you walk in, whether it's the point of sale. Mm-hmm. I know we've been partners for a long time. We're slices powering your your online mm-hmm. uh, presence and online ordering. What would you say to operators who are hesitant to adopt technology? Oh, no. I mean, we can't. We'll give you an example of the pandemic, right? Like he's said so many times before, before the pandemic, all you can get delivered was pizza and Chinese food. During the pandemic, um, you know, all the third party delivery services, you know, are, um, you know, you can get Dunkin' Donuts uh, delivered. So it hurt us um, in you know, in a way. And we were kind of very resistant to get on the third party delivery uh, bandwagon, but we had to get on because, you know, we, we needed it. And now it's almost like you can't leave them. I would love personally to channel all that through our website so that we can just have, you know, slice and, you know, power everything, you know, but I think you have to be a part of technology. You have to, in order to grow, you know what I mean? In order to grow, you've got to be open to technology. Hey, if anybody's, um, you know, listening that maybe doesn't have technology, maybe not even have Slice, you or, know. Or POS system. Yeah, or a POS system. I say definitely, you know, you get get on board with Slice because you guys have been pivotal in our growth and and, and our continued development. So. And, and it's been a, a real easy transit. You know, it's been easy to working with you guys. Really, really has, mm-hmm. honestly. And um, the most important thing is a POS system. Uh, you yeah. have a POS system that sends all your, you know. Reports, rep- numbers, guys. Reports, uh, or even your tickets to the kitchen and yeah. stuff like that. You can't do it with, with, with no POS. Right now, the POS goes down on us. We don't know what to do. We're like, what do we do? You know? It automates the workflow, right? It's. Uh, yes. It consolidates all the channels. All the orders flow in the same way. They print in the station that they need to print in. And, you know, it sort of creates this assembly line, this uh, organized chaos. Because I tell everybody, go sit at a pizza shop on a Friday night and you tell me whether you could do it. Uh, And I say that to be quite honest to consumers who sometimes will complain about, you know, an order being five minutes late. Mm -hmm. I'm just like... Mm -hmm. You've got to have a little bit more patience than just, you know, five minutes. But I think the point of sale system in the back of the house organizes all that in a way that allows you to serve more customers. And I think the online ordering aspect connects you to the consumer directly because in the old days before, you know, online ordering, every order was passing through the phone. And yep. yeah, you you get those phone calls, but you don't know really who that customer is technically. And you don't have another way to reach them to remind them to reorder or to communicate to them. So what we were doing back then was mailing out menus or mailing out physical mailers. Well, today, that same job can be done by a simple push notification in an app. And it can tell that customer anything you want to tell them. I'm closing early because of an issue or here's a really great deal because the Oscars are playing tonight. Whatever that may be, I think those are things that you know I would hope that more and more small business owners understand and embrace. Yep. And um, like you said, now I've asked my my daughters when they're there Friday and Saturday nights, the peak time, 
Now that all the deliveries are coming in, all deliveries are coming in through Slice, you're not on the phone. And they see you if it frees up some time because you got customers right in front of you. You've seen our shop. You got customers right in front of you and you're on the phone trying to put an order in. Now it just comes right in and, and you deal with it. When tablet rings and they deal with it. If they don't have time, sometimes they'll just tell the pizza maker, start making a large or start making this and, and then they put the ticket in. But um, yeah, it, it helps. You're not on the phone. You're not on the phone. Yeah. Final question. Let's fast forward five years, maybe 10 years. What is, uh, what's in the future of uh, pizza scene? Well, in 10 years, I have my grandkids in there working. Uh, that's what I would like to see, have them making yeah. pizzas. My goal was always to have uh, three shops mm -hmm. and leave one shop to every one of my kids. I have, we have three kids, mm -hmm. but it didn't work out that way. Um, I, I think at the point we got up to two shops we technically had three shops. Yeah. But at we had times. three shops at different times, but they didn't really want it at that time. I don't think they, they were really, younger, they, a lot they, younger. They, it was just a job to them because they needed to work. Uh, now it's different. Now, maybe in the future, we might open up another store. Uh, you know, might open up another store and uh, start over again. You know, I, I think we we're a little better at it now, so we could do it. We could do it. <laughs> He doesn't have to ask me. I'm the Cheers to that. He asks questions. I'm like, how? Let's do it. I don't care. Whatever. He's like, no, we got to think I this through. You got to think about When we expanded the spot next door, we just did it in December. Oh, I was, that was on my mind for six months uh, just, to, just to break the wall down. And I'm like, oh my God, is it going to be worth it? It's going to be this. It's going to be that. And, and I'm like, where's the sledgehammer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it worked out, you know. It is worth it, and the place looks beautiful. Uh, so for those who are in the area or visiting Miami, just make a trip to uh, to pizza scene in Miami Lakes. I promise you, you won't regret it. This has been one of my favorite conversations. I want to thank you both for your time. I'll let you get back to, to work. I'm sure you've got a super busy day. We're sort of the tailor end of the week, which means every mm -hmm. day gets busier. Uh, so thank you again for everything. And I can't wait to you know continue watching what, what you both accomplished. Thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you, you so much for having us.